episode number seven. Here we go. Welcome to the Weight Training Podcast with your host, Tracy Waite. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Weight Training Podcast. This is Coach Tracy checking in with you. So excited and thrilled that you're here to share this episode and to listen in on the discussion I have with the person who I interview for this episode. I interview somebody named David Diaz on this episode. He and I ran track and cross country together back in 1987 and at the College of Sequoias. And that was a fantastic experience for myself. I grew a lot as a person there at that school and as an athlete. And I had the uh, opportunity to run with Dave as well as uh, many other runners there. And he's somebody that uh, if you have not seen the movie McFarlane USA, he actually is one of the Diaz brothers that's depicted in that film. And he's from that town in the San Joaquin Valley, McFarland. And at the time that I was running with him, um, of course, I did not know all of his background and, uh, you know, just uh, how he got into running and what the running culture was like in that community. But he's gone on to become a teacher as well as a coach. And he has some fantastic things to share about uh, his experience in coaching both from being coached as an athlete and now him working with young people and coaching them to be uh, better athletes and to you know reach their full potential in whatever sport it is. I think he coaches multiple sports there in McFarland, but we'll get into that a little bit. But I wanted to share a little bit of uh, his wisdom, his experiences, his mindset and motivations, because it fits perfectly with the theme of the Weight Training Podcast and I think you have a lot that you can take away from this interview with David Diaz. So without further ado, here we go. Welcome to the show. I really appreciate you coming Thank on. You. My pleasure. When I decided to put this podcast together and share the experience and motivations and uh, just the mindsets of some people that had an impact on me in my life as well as uh, from an athletic perspective as well as a coaching perspective – I made a list of 10 people, and you were one of the 10 that was on that list, so uh, I appreciate you coming on and sharing a little bit of uh, what you've been up to and what, uh, what you're helping to do with some of the youth. Awesome, awesome. That's, that's kind of flattering. Thank you for considering me. Absolutely. Well, hey, let's get started with uh, you know, David Diaz, who everybody doesn't know. Um, he and I ran together at College of Sequoias in Visalia, California. Uh, he was a lot better than I was. Uh, he was there the second year that I was there. And I think you ran cross-country and track, correct? Yes. yes. Okay. Both years, uh, my freshman and sophomore year, ran at COS. Yep. So what has David been up to since uh, I last ran with you at COS? What did, where did you go to school after that? And what did you major in? Give us a little bit of an idea what uh, David's been up to. Sure. So, um, you know, you end up at junior college uh, kind of trying to find out, you know, more about yourself and what you're really wanting to accomplish and, and, and kind of follow uh, uh, your dreams. And I had a plan A, which was to be a sportscaster, kind of journalist. And then um, I also wanted to be a teacher. And so 
um, teaching Sunday school and being involved in, in teaching since early uh, adolescence, really by the time I was nine years old, 10 years old, I was assisting with uh, classes in, in Sunday school. So that was, that's been my passion. So I pursued it and I, I minored in social studies uh, history and majored in liberal studies. And I became a fourth grade teacher and did that for a couple of years. Um, after COS, I went to Cal State Bakersfield and ran there for two years went on to Fresno State, graduated from Fresno State, and then I got my master's and then um, taught for four, four years in fourth grade and then three years as a sixth grade teacher, went on to teach at junior high here in McFarland and came back home. I missed McFarland so much and <laughs> in, the five years, in the five years I was gone off to college. It did change substantially. We went from uh, a real um, small type town setting of 3,000 by the time I came back it was 7,000 and right now we're currently around 15,000 wow so, so is Baker is Bakersfield small. catching up to McFarland <laughs> well uh, Bakersfield has uh, 380,000 now uh, Delano is our near our nearest town and they're at 50,000 I think right now wow that valley so, uh, the valley's exploded yeah came back to McFarland and I, I I love teaching and I did that for you know, eight years, nine years, and, and I just wanted to do more for the kids and our students. And so I wanted to have a bigger classroom to try to impact more more students. And I realized that we had a, a gang problem. And um, we we wanted to do our share and our part. So went out and got a master's and, and, and got my administrative credential, came back, and I, I became an administrator at the young age of 29 years old. Wow. And... Um, and I don't know if that was a good thing back then. I was running bunches, <laughs> and I thought I could change the world. Yeah. And I was trying to save everybody. And, and um, you know, you, you, you don't know as much as you think you know in your 20s and your 30s. And um, so um, I did that for a while, became a principal, and now I'm a, a school board member. I, I, I then, after uh, 14 years of working here in McFarland, an opportunity uh, arose for me to be an administrator at um, – one of the institutions here locally in Delano. So I went and, um, and became administrator principal here at, um, at one of the uh, prisons here nearby. And I worked for the state of California. I've been there for 11 years. So that's about 24 and a half, 25 years involved in education. Still wow. learning every day. Yes. And trying to do what's best for the kids around here. I still coach. I have four kids of my own. So I'm involved in, in, in their uh, lives. Uh, my oldest is at COS. Oh, okay. Tracy, she's uh, in agriculture and in, in uh, architecture, so she's taking some architecture classes there at COS. My youngest is eleven, and um, you know, she, my youngest. I'm going to brag on her just a little bit. Um, <laughs> but she, she, she just ran a fifteen hundred uh, as a ten year old this last year uh, in five nineteen. Oh my goodness! Five minutes and nineteen seconds. <laughs> Um, fifteen hundred. A chip so, yeah, off the, the old block. You know, the, yeah, you know. Um, so, and my second daughter, she's a, she's a junior, and she's a really good basketball player. You know, I still think that I can ball a little bit. So, um, <laughs> you know, um, I, I've coached basketball in my tenure. I did a lot of uh, middle school coaching, and um, I started girls soccer at the high school in two thousand one, and so I've been involved in various sports. And so uh, happily married, 21 years, 
Awesome. And um, I live out in the country, and I'm a farmer. And um, my 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 day is never dull and boring. And I need <laughs> about 32 hours in a day because 24 is not. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, I don't know where you get the time to be able to farm. Yeah, you know, thankfully my dad still kind of can do a little bit here and there. So he has his own farm, I have mine, and then my brother and I, we have uh, a shared open ground that we're just getting ready to plant more almond trees. And so um, my dad is 77 years old, and he still does what you and I could do. He just at a slower pace. Yeah. But thankfully for him, he's able to, you know, manage my place while I'm at work. And then I come back and he tells me all the things that I need to do. And I do them <laughs> before I go to practice at four. Then I go to practice and I come back and I, you know, do whatever I can before it gets dark. And then it starts over again, you know, the next morning. That is awesome. So tell me a little bit about why you think teaching got in your blood so early. Did you have somebody that was a teaching influence in your life that uh, really instilled a love and a passion for you know that career choice you know what yes you know forcefully my mom i'm the oldest of seven and um i have six brothers or there's six brothers i should say and one sister and you know working in the fields at the age of four and five before all the osha you know regulations out there we we were basically working out in the out in the fields very very early so my mom would always uh, leave me in charge and so she instilled in me the 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 will and the authority she gave me the authority stick and i was able to lead my family okay. um in, in 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 kind of that way um so a lot of my leadership um uh, skills come from my mom and they're not all great by the way um, they, they, they were kind of rough because my mom is a is a is a, a rough rough jagged lady um, not as much in her later years but early on um, she just basically had me mimic all her style my dad is real wise and passionate and slow and methodical and he's a very good teacher and so he was a Sunday school teacher he was a deacon in church okay and so I, I always loved to, to emulate that and so where I learned to be a teacher was was from my dad and then from Coach White, you know, because he was such a big influence in my life. So I wanted to be like him. Um, but but the teaching core uh, at at its core comes from my dad, and he still teaches till 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 this day. I mean, he still has his class at church and he still does his thing. That's awesome. And so um, that that is uh, who I have always wanted to be like. I wanted to be like my dad. And um, so, you know, I, I at least can say that I, I'm a wannabe farmer, um, <laughs> and, you know, and, and so in that regard, I'm at, I am like him, and I, and I got into teaching um, because of him, but, you know, in retrospect, after thinking about why I became a teacher, it was because of him and also Mr. White. That's awesome. So we'll talk a little bit about Mr. White here in a little bit, but sure. give, me, give me an idea, you know, everybody... Or not everyone, but it's it's common for people to think that they know what being a good coach is. So let's go back mm -hmm. a little bit to when you were in middle school, high school, and even uh, in college. Ex can you explain how it is that you like to be coached? What type of uh, a communicator or a coach influence do you like? Do you like somebody that's very harsh, abrasive, 
you know, but honest? Or do you like somebody that's more, you know, that supportive, nurturing, uh, understanding? Tell us a little bit about how you like to be coached, and then we'll get into how you coach yourself. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I've had, um, um, I think, every, every angle, and I can understand every angle. There's a time and place for every style and every angle a coach has the, the, the rustic, the rigor, the in your face, you know, I tell it like it is black and white. Um, and then the, the, the father type, the, the, the mentoring, the nurturing type. Yep. Uh, I think we all, I think we all have, um, um, uh, there's a place for all of that, but how I, uh, like to be coached is, is, is someone that is effective in their communication, follows through in what they say. Okay. Um, it follows through in what they say, means what they say, say what they mean. And, 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 and there's an objective. There's, there's a plan. There's a purpose. You know, uh, we're going to be racing um, at Mount Sac in two or three weeks. Well, that coach is going to prepare you for that race um, in the um, upcoming weeks upcoming days for that race versus, oh, we're going to Mount Sac and all you did was just run around uh, McFarlane Fields here without doing any hill work and you get to Mount Sac and right. there's hills and, well, you know, you don't know. So one that can prepare you, one can that simulate um, what, you know, game situations or, or prepare you for the race um, the best way that they know uh, and coaches don't know everything, but uh, try to put you in position for success. And and that's what I look to, because I, I, I've learned from the different types of coaches that are out there, from their mistakes, and the best the best thing to do is not to repeat the mistakes <laughs> these coaches yep. have made. And, and, and to be honest with, with the kids, and to be, be, uh, be an example. Don't, don't yes. say something and then not you do it. Yes. Um, so I'm a hands-on type of guy, and um, I'm a shirt and tie guy at work, and and I'll I'll get you know dirty with the teachers um, if I have to do something, and they appreciate that. Yep. So a coach to me, I still at 48 years old, you know, today we did four mile repeats, and I did four mile repeats with our girls, and you know I averaged about 640. That's I was around awesome. 636. 642 somewhere in there and yeah i didn't want to do the fourth one but if <laughs> we're gonna have the girls do the fourth one then i'm gonna have to do the fourth one yep and i sucked it up and 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 participated right with them and uh thankfully the weather cooperated and it was you know it's not 90 degrees out here right now i think it's only like 70 yeah so that's great <laughs> so do you think that that's uh i mean i think i know the answer but by being that example and actually out there running with the kids, do you think that that is more effective than if you were just uh, telling them to go do it and, you know, I'll see you when you guys get back? You know what? For me, it is, but I could totally understand a coach, and sometimes that's even more successful. Um, you, you're, you're more objective. Like for me, um, I, I want to have the girls know that I'm with them and, and let them know that I'm participating along with them. But I think that I'm also, if I'm going to be completely honest, I'm also worried about myself finishing the workout or the time that I'm going to get. 
and I could lose focus of what the girls are doing. And I think when someone is not participating, they could be even probably a better coach, Tracy, to where they're just more objective and totally focused on the team and the girls. Uh, so, like, for example, Amador, who's the head coach, he's on the bike because he's injured. Yep. And I think that sometimes uh, it's just a fresh look, a fresh set of eyes. You can kind of just see what the girls are doing versus myself, who's in there in the pack worried about, you know, myself and not so much the girls. So hopefully I answered your question. I could yes. see the benefits of both. Yep. Um, it just depends on your style, and right now it's working out for us. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's the type of coach you are and the things that you mm -hmm. say, and if the kids respect what you're saying and that you have uh, of an effective communication style, that's most important. But also I think Definitely. that that being an example is just another layer of that. I, growing up, only had cross-country coaches that ran with us in practice. And then when we were mm -hmm. at Colleges of Sequoias, we had a coach that would run with us quite often and Dave Bronson. And so that's, that's something that uh, I've always thought is important. And so I've carried that on and I think that you have too. You've continued to stay yeah. fit and you've continued mm -hmm. to exercise. You just didn't, when you left uh, your running days in college, it doesn't sound like you just stopped working out. Is that true? Oh, no. No, I, I've, I've, I've continued around a couple of half marathons. I, I just signed up for another one here in two, three weeks. Bakersfield has their, their annual marathon, half marathon. So I've been battling plantar fasciitis really, really bad. So to put myself through 26 at this, at this time, I, I wouldn't want to do. So I'll just tolerate the pain for the 13, and I'll, I'll do it here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and so speaking of coach Bronson, you know, he's my daughter's coach. And so that's, oh, I was going to ask, she's, she's running at COS. Yes. Awesome. And so that's a, that's a total blessing to have. I mean, who would have ever thought, you know, that 30 plus years ago, you know, he was still going to be doing it. I know. Right. You know, after all these surgeries that he's been through and he's still there for the kids and he hasn't changed much in his look nor his style. He yeah. still does the same old, same old stuff that he did for us, which was effective. It was very effective. I mean, I, I really grew as a, a person and a, a runner being at College of Sequoias. I, I look back on those two years very fondly. A lot of people say, oh, you went to a two-year school, and you know, instead of going directly to a university, I said, absolutely, and if I could do it over again, I would do it because uh, it was exactly. such, I would do such it a great over experience. Again. If I had the opportunity to go to a university, and maybe not run, I would do it all over again the way I did it. Go to College of Sequoias first for for that, uh, you know, uh, experience with Coach Bronson. And yeah. all of you guys. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's, uh, I look back at my time at COS, and it's just the memories of being on the team with uh, all of those runners that we had. And, you know, it's the, the times off the track and off of the course, you know, just that we were driving to and from different cities that, I'll always remember sure. those conversations we had. So that was a great Most experience. Definitely. So let's yeah. move on real quick. Let's talk a little bit about um, why you think running for you was something that uh, you identified as something that was going to be your main focus. What, what age do you think that you realized, you know what, this running thing is something I'm good at? Oh, right around fifth grade. Okay. I, you know, I'm, a cowboy, I'm a cowboy fan. I'm a Laker fan. <laughs> 
And 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 I thought, you know what? I'm not going to be as tall as Magic Johnson. I'm <laughs> right. not going to be the next Tony. Dor- I'm not going to be the next Tony Dorsett. See, I was I wanted to be, yeah. but I already knew in my heart that you know you have to be a realist here. Yeah. And and so so when Mr. White was co- was teaching seventh and eighth grade um, PE, he saw Thomas and I, and okay. he said, Hey, why don't you guys come out to practice? And and he made it fun. And, and, and cross country was something, it was a, it was a, it was an adventure. Yeah. It was, it was, it, it wasn't just around the track. It was out in, in, in the Creek and it was around, you know, uh, the agriculture fields and, and, and I enjoyed that part and we're racing and, and we're trying to, and it's a sport and it's pretty cool. And, and they give you a medal at the end and you can show it to your parents or a trophy or whatever. So right around fifth, sixth grade, um, I knew, you know what? I'm pretty good, and so if I work hard enough, I'll stay pretty good, and, yep. and the rest is history. Yep, that's awesome. Yeah, I think it takes somebody to show us how enjoyable something could be if we just try it, because uh-huh. if, you, if, you, if you'd never tried it, if you hadn't gone out there, you may have never found that out. And that's, right. what, that's what I tell our kids. In our household, we have two children, and we tell them that you have to be in a sport. That's just part of your growing up experience is you know you have the classroom but you're also going to have the Mm -hmm. physical side of you so you just have to we don't care what sport it is you have to find something that you enjoy and that you can put a hundred percent into and so i think Mm -hmm. that's uh kind of what you're talking about is you found that that's awesome yeah cross country and track i played some i played some basketball you know in high school junior high played soccer but when it all you know was said and done it was about cross and and uh, and track and i i don't regret ever um you know making that decision and all my brothers ran uh some willingly some forcefully by me <laughs> and and then serious um you know the the story if you remember in the following usa about johnny Diego uh playing football yep um that football that that's one of my brothers they they that's my brother Dario, who was ambidextrous and, and wanted to be a quarterback, and he could throw a 50-yard. Uh, you know, he was a sophomore in high school. He could throw a 50-yard pass with his right hand, and he could throw a 50-yard pass with his left hand. Wow! And he was, yeah, and but he was only five foot seven. You know, <laughs> so yeah. so I so I told Dario, you're not going to meet the quarterback. You know why? <laughs> I don't care how far you can throw. You don't have any blockers, right? You don't have anybody <laughs> that can block for you. So he wanted to be stubborn and he wanted to play football. I want to play football. So when, when they came to interview me, um, I told them that story. And so that's how they, that's where they took the, the football story for, for Johnny Samaniego, but it was really about my brother Dario. Gotcha. Okay. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about uh, coaching. So we've talked a little bit about how you like to be coached. What's mm-hmm. for you – what are some of your go-to coaching phrases or words when you're out there with the kids? You know, um, I, I don't know if, 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 if I even have any Tracy, but, but my, my, my go-to, uh, phrase, my, my, uh, statement or my thing is, 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 is always try to be positive because our sport is grueling, man. Yeah. Our sport, our our sport is, is is when you're out there running, you, you, anything, anything but positive comes into your mind. So I'm always at a boy, 
at a girl. Good okay. job. Keep it up. We can do it. Uh, almost there. Um, don't quit. We're going to get it. You know, just two more. Just try to get two more. And yep. it's all about what's in front of you. It's always looking out the dash, your, your, your window. Don't, yes. don't, don't be worried about what's coming behind you. Yep. Don't be worried about anything like that. Just what you're going to do next. And, 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 and those are my little phrases because that's what I respond to. When I'm out there racing, I, I'm going to race to the next pole. I'm going to race to the next intersection. I'm going to race to the next car. And I put myself, because I chunk it all up. I mean, if you start thinking, okay, I'm going to run 13 miles at 645 pace, nah. So I break my, my, my races into fourths or thirds. You know, so I, I race to the fourth mile, then I race to the eight mile, then I race to the 12 mile, and then I hang on. Okay. And so that's what I try to, that, that, that's, like that. that's how I break it down to kids. Hey, guys, and you know what? Anybody can run a mile. Some people can run two, but not too many people can run a 5K, okay? So yeah. we're going to train you to run a 5K, and we're going to do it the following way. So when you see 50 people at the mile mark, you turn around, don't get discouraged. And when you see 13 people at the two mile, you've already shaken off 25. We'll see how many of these 13 have, you know what, to get all the way to mile number three. And so that's kind of like how I run. And so I try to instill that in some of our girls. Yeah, that's awesome, actually. That's uh, yeah. very actionable mental uh, things for the kids to focus on. I love that. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I'm going to steal some of that stuff, Dave. That's awesome. Hey, man. Anytime. <laughs> you have my number now. Anytime. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We've been Facebook friends for a few years. Now we actually uh, have each other's phone numbers. That's awesome. Absolutely, man. Hey, so let's talk a little bit about uh, the kind of things that Dave wants to put out into the world. So, you know, if uh, someone came to you and said, hey, Dave, you have the ability to put any message you want on a billboard on uh, Highway 99. What would you put on that billboard? Wow. You know, um, my, my philosophy is really, really simple, and, and I believe anything's possible. You know, you know, I'm a big Adidas fan and been wearing <laughs> Adidas since I was in, in, in a sophomore in high school for 33 years. And, um, you know, possible is nothing, but, and I really, really do believe that because I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a believer. Um, I'm, I believe in Christ and, and I believe that all things are possible through Christ who strengthens us. But if I were, had the ability to put a billboard up, um, I would put that champions can come from anywhere. Mm. And that's the whole mantra of McFarlane USA. See, we are a very small, insignificant, ridiculed, cancer cluster um, community that stinks because there's dairies here. And um, if champions can come out of this insignificant little community, um, they can come from anywhere. They can come from Colorado, Tracy. Yep. They can come from um, anywhere in the United States. I'm a believer in the United States of America in that uh, anything is possible here, and we're the greatest country on earth. And there's the resources here, and we, we're 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 strong people. And um, so I would put, you know, the champions can come from anywhere. All you would have to do is is believe. That's awesome. Well, I could tell why 
uh, the movie McFarlane USA had such an impact on so many people that I know. Because uh, mm-hmm. it sounds like they did a good job interviewing you and what you thought. So that's awesome. Oh yeah, it was it was uh, it was uh, an experience. Let me tell you, we signed a contract in 1999, and um, I was in the classroom teaching sixth grade with Mr. White. He was my colleague then before I became a supervisor, and that was kind of awkward. That's another subject. Um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, he comes in and says, "Hey, you know, they're here. They're gonna they're gonna sign us to a contract." And so the the process, you know, would would start. They gave us four hundred dollars to start with. And then after three years, the the uh, the time would lapse, and then we'd sign again for another four hundred dollars. And so we signed three times. So when people think that we made a lot of money from this movie, <laughs> we made twelve hundred dollars. <laughs> right. That's <laughs> it. Twelve hundred bucks. But the yeah. uh, I did a little bit of research. It sounds like the the story was written a couple of different times by people that did the screenwriting. Yes, and it wasn't it wasn't up to par. It wasn't to Mr. White's liking, and it, it was just written by non by 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 folks who never played any sports, by folks who are Hollywood people that couldn't relate to our our really really peculiar sport that we call cross country. Yeah, and you have to be, you know, not only um, special. It takes special people to put their their lives and their their athletic prowess on on display at, at any level on in a court or on a field or anything but it takes a very special person to participate in our sport because our sport Tracy is the negative to all the other sports whenever you don't do anything when That's you're true. supposed to do whenever you do something wrong so go true. run a lap so true you, you go run a lap it's the Go penalty. Go do that. Yeah. It's the penalty. We're the penalty sport. Yes. And so our sport, to me, has always been even the more difficult as far as recruitment goes to get kids to come out because they've it, it's been instilled in them that it's a negative thing. Negative, negative, negative. You know, you mess up in soccer, go run a lap. You mess yeah. up in football, burpees or go run a lap. And so to me, I've always thought that, you know, um, and before I've changed my philosophy, by the way, because I used to think that cross country was for only tough, strong, um, insane people. Yeah. <laughs> but now I've changed my philosophy. Cross country is for everybody. We have all sizes, shapes, and 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 levels on our team. And now it's about you and the clock. It's about you and improvement. That's right. It's not all about. We don't put the focus on just our varsity. We are our, our first girl and our thirtieth girl are just as important on our team. Yes. And it's, it, it's, it's, it's something that we have evolved into. We didn't always think like this. It's like when after you have kids, you, you mature some. Yep. And, you know, and, and so our philosophy is evolving as when I mean, we're 48. We don't know everything still, but we think we're on to the right, the right thing by, by, by including everybody in the cross country. We have, we have a girl that, that can't break 10 minutes in, our, in the mile. But you know what? Where she started, she's improved two minutes. That's right. And she and has a important. sense of she has a sense of belonging that she's on a team. Right. She's uh, mm-hmm. a part of something greater than herself, and she's that's right. And uh, she gets the biggest applauses. She'll get a bigger applause than our first girl. <laughs> that, that's awesome. 
That's so. That reminds me so much. My dad was my cross country coach in high school, and uh-huh. I was like you. I wanted to be a football star, and uh-huh. when it was uh, time for my freshman year in high school, I, you know, everyone goes to uh, in the fall. You go to these tables to sign up for the fall sport, and I started walking over to the football table to sign up. And as I started walking over, my dad tapped on my shoulder and he said, "Hey, this let me talk to you real quick, because I was a late mm-hmm. bloomer." in uh in life i w- as a freshman i was still very little and uh, very skinny mm-hmm. he said hey why don't you just this first year why don't you just come out for cross country this very first year and you know football will always be there but one thing about cross country is you're never going to sit on the bench you're going to participate mm-hmm. in every meet every mm-hmm. practice you're as important as the fastest person is and that's where right. this sport you know, after one year, I never looked back because it was something that I mm-hmm. fell in love with. And the kids, I think you will agree with this, that come out to run cross country, just are super, super kids. And that's they uh, are. What really... and, and that's not just that's just not because we're biased. That's no. the truth. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just there's something about somebody that will come out and put themselves through both the mental and the physical. Uh, anguish sometimes that you have to go through mm-hmm. to be in cross country that it just right. attracts some kids that really learn a lot about themselves and they want to uh, mm-hmm. to grow and better themselves so that's such a great sport well Dave I got just a couple right. more questions for you I appreciate your time so sure. much um, absolutely anytime so tell me a little bit about what that movie having the name McFarland has done for that community you know, you knew that community before uh, that movie yeah. was made, and now you're there mm-hmm. after. What what was uh, how important and impactful was it to the community? Yeah, you know, it, it is really uh, very very difficult to put into words, and it's unexplainable um, how um, you know we all have a story. We who live in the Central Valley, you know, we're from Sacramento all the way to the Grapevine. We are all surrounded by fields, and we are all involved in, in in the San Joaquin Valley. And and why they would pick our our story is just mind-boggling and very very humbling to start with. But what this story movie has done for us is is put um, first of all a Hispanic a Hispanic um, team, uh, an insignificant you know community like ours. Uh, who has only two intersections? Uh, yeah. We now, we now have changed uh, our our city logo. It's that of a runner. If, so if you go on cityofmcfarland dot you know dot com or whatever, you're going to see the, the the runner on there. And our city administrator wants the symbol like of Target to be mm-hmm. as popular, or he wants our McFarland symbol to be as popular even as even you know Coca Cola or 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 the symbol of Target. So we're putting it everywhere, and we have a half marathon coming up every April now. So, you know, last year we had over 300 runners, and so it's, we wanted to grow, grow, and grow. And so we have a new overpass, uh, walking bridge we call it, that connects the both sides of, 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 the, of the city because Freeway 99 goes right through it. Right. And, 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 there, and, and, and that is going to have runners, and they already started to, to put them up. It'll be finished here in late November. Um, and, and, and there's a new park called Blanco Park, and all the tourists that come from all over the world, Tracy, is just so humbling 
my brother Danny is a school counselor at McFarland High School, so he gets the brunt of it. He, <laughs> he gets somebody every day. Really? People come from all over the world. He stopped counting at 39 countries. Wow. Because he had it all, you know, jotted down. Wow. And people come from, and they, they, they wanted to take him to Mongolia. They wanted to take him to Russia. You have to come with us. You know, Danny, and, and, and he's like, no, I can't go with you. I don't have a passport. Plus, I, I only can eat certain, I'm a real picky eater. I, I can't go. And, and so people come over here to drink the water. They want to go to the store and drink the water out of the spigot. Well, it obviously makes people pictures. fast to drink that water. <laughs> yes. You believe this, Tracy. Believe this. This is God honest truth. So the team from Barstow um, in the early 2000s came to train with McFarland for about um, two summers. Um, on weekends, our, their coach would contact Mr. White. They would come over. Barstow's not too far. It's about two hours away. And so they would ask, you know, how is it you guys train? What, what, what is it, Mr. White? It's in the water, it's in the water, it's in the water. And that's a cancer cluster type of joke because they always said that the water caused the cancer cluster. So we told people it's the water. So do you know when people are on their way to the state meet Woodward Park in late November, the, the weekend of Thanksgiving, people stop here and drink the water and take it and put it in their jugs? Seriously? And Seriously. That's awesome. They stop at the park. And they load up their jugs of water while Barstow, the two summers after they started working out, working out with us, they came to the park, loaded their jugs with water, went to, to state, and won state. Wow. And they See? won seven after that. And they won seven titles after that. Wow. So, so it, it, it's not the water. It's, it's <laughs> the ganas. It's, it's, it's the guts um, that, uh, that, that, that the folks have who run this, this grueling sport called cross. And and then magical things happen when you when you couple, you know, hard work and good chemistry, good coaching with good kids and the opportunity. Yes. Champions are, are born. And, and that's what has happened here in McFarland. And it's blossomed. We have restaurants um, selling, um, you know, uh, more food. We have stores selling more more items because there's a lot more tourism going on. And our school people are moving here from all over. Um, we went from a school when I was in high school of under 400. Now we're at 880. Um, and so we're thinking, hey, we're going to have to build another school here because McFarland is growing so much. A lot of it has to do with the movie. And McFarland USA has opened up opportunities for us to go to different, different states. My brother Danny has gone to Denver twice with Mr. White to go speak over there. And we just wow. go share our story. We share our message. And, and it's totally a humbling experience, and we just can't get enough of it, to be honest. That's awesome. Well, it's a story that can't be told enough. I mean, I've watched the movie mm -hmm. probably five times myself, just not because I'm a yeah. runner, but because it's just such a, a very real uh, human spirit of what's possible when it is. people really get focused and rally around a cause and that's something that uh you know is just so important in that movie that just like you right. said you know champions can come from anywhere and uh right yeah you know, i couldn't agree more that's that's wonderful mm -hmm. well i'm gonna have you back at some point on the podcast to talk a little bit more about just the message that you guys share because i think that's sure. uh, important for people to hear as well absolutely but 
I think this is a good stopping point. You've been uh, very generous with your time, and uh, I've got some fantastic Absolutely. stuff for people to be able to glean some really good ideas from. So, David Diaz, thank you so much for coming on the Weight Training Podcast. Most definitely, Trace. Thank you for the opportunity. Look forward to uh, anything for you, man. Take care. God bless. Hey, thanks, Dave. Well, I hope you got as much out of that interview as I did. Dave left us with some tremendous pearls and some nuggets that we can apply to the coaching that we may be doing or how we like to be coached. But more than anything, uh, I was able to take away from this interview just uh, how dedicated Dave is to his community, to his family, to those that he coaches, and he's got the proper perspective, and he is the epitome of what I wanted to do with this podcast, which is to share individuals that have a fantastic perspective on coaching and how to nurture and how to support and grow young people to where they can uh, find their full potential. And it's people like David Diaz that help uh, unlock the superpowers that are within all of us. So thanks again, Dave. Really appreciate you coming on the podcast, and we'll get you back for part two. If you're new here and haven't done so already, head over to iTunes and leave a review and a rating, and that helps this podcast to be found and to be able to get more exposure. So really appreciate if you'd head over there and leave some comments as well as to what your favorite parts were of the interview. You can find uh, Coach Tracy at Facebook at Coach Tracy Wait. Um, and then you can also find me over at Coach Tracy on Instagram, as well as Coach underscore Tracy at Snapchat to see all of my daily shenanigans and coaching goings on. So hope you guys have a fantastic week. We'll catch up with you on the next podcast. Number eight is coming your way in just a week. See you then.